Welcome back, Football MD fam, to episode 26 of the Football MD podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bowling, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Ronan. And today we have your full recap of every game from Week 10 in the NFL. I can't believe that we're this far along in the season. It's almost playoff time, so we cannot wait to continue giving you guys the best fantasy advice to get you guys ready to crush your fantasy playoff matchups in the coming weeks. As always, make sure you guys are following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FootballMDPod to get the most Football MD content possible. And head over to our website, FootballMDPodcast.com. Our writers are still working extremely hard, posting tons of articles for you guys to go and check out over there. So make sure you guys are heading again to FootballMDPodcast.com. And now we'll hop right into our Week 10 recap, starting with Thursday night, the Carolina Panthers falling to the Pittsburgh Steelers 21-52. In this game, Christian McCaffrey, he scored on the opening drive, then Pittsburgh put up 24 unanswered points and really caused the Panthers to play catch-up in this game. Cam Newton, he was definitely underwhelming. He got sacked five times threw an interception, and put up just 193 yards and two touchdowns. Bit of an off day for the offense in general here. I'm definitely expecting them to bounce back. But Christian McCaffrey was the bright spot for this team. Three touchdowns in this game. This was against the Steelers defense, who have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to running backs and the third fewest receptions to running backs before this game. McCaffrey now has seven touchdowns over the last three weeks. He's been playing lights out. And he's part of the reason why we've seen some decline in the production of Devin Funchess who caught just three of five targets for 32 yards. We also saw this last year, how Funchess was less involved in the offense when when Greg Olson was on the field. Now we have McCaffrey scoring a ton of touchdowns over the last few weeks. DJ Moore, he's getting more involved. So for Funchess, while I do think that better days will be ahead, as I mentioned, they have a pretty favorable schedule. Tampa Bay, Cleveland, New Orleans, Atlanta, and New Orleans again in the next five weeks. He's definitely been difficult to trust in your fantasy lineups at this point. And then Greg Olson, he has 28 targets and three touchdowns over his last five games. He's a tight end one going forward, and and nothing more to say about the veteran there. And on the other side of the ball, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, hanging 52 at home against the Carolina Panthers in a game where Ben Roethlisberger threw more touchdowns than incompletions. He had a perfect quarterback rating of 158.3. Threw for 328 yards via 22 completions on 25 attempts. There's not much really to say about this offense. They're clicking. They're playing hot right now. The one thing to note from this game was James Conner did enter concussion protocol. And since he entered concussion protocol on Thursday, he does have extra time. So I'm hopeful that he will come back and he'll play this week. But now to talk about the big news of the week real quick of Le'Veon Bell of the Steelers not showing. So James Conner, RB1 for the rest of the season. And then it's the Le'Veon Bell situation. It came out that although he is going to miss this season, he has already accrued enough playing time to account for all three seasons. If he was hit with the franchise tag next season by the Pittsburgh Steelers, it would be for about $25 million. That's not going to happen. So you are looking at Le'Veon Bell being a free agent next year. We're not going to go into it today too much but I'll ask you where would you like to to go besides the Colts hmm. besides the Colts because I know you're a Colts fan and I know their perspective no I could definitely see him going to a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I know that their offensive line isn't great but that's a team that definitely lacks a run game they have a ton of pass catching weapons so I think that could be a nice fit there for Le'Veon Bell 
And now hop right into our next game of the week, the Buffalo Bills demolishing the New York Jets 41-10. LaShawn McCoy had a big day here. I know that I said to cut him last week, but I also said that if you were still holding on to him, you could play him as a spot start. He went for 26 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. If you were still holding on to him, now is definitely the time to sell high. The Bills have scored 46 points in their last six games combined, and they put up 41 here. This was obviously an anomalous performance. I'm still avoiding this entire offense going forward. And for the Jets, it was an overall horrendous game for them. Offense and defense was non-existent, and you're realistically, the biggest conversation that you're having about the New York Jets right now is not if, but when will Todd Bowles be fired? The only guy that has some intrigue going forward, we feel, is McGuire. He was almost twice as productive with his touches than Isaiah Crowell, although Crowell did find the end zone, and he'll probably will get some red zone carries because of his hard-nosed running style. So overall, with this team, you're pretty much avoiding it. I mean, like we said, intrigue with Elijah McGuire. Keep him on your radar. If you want to stash him or something, it's not like you're getting this guy into your lineup anytime soon. It's just he has some intrigue. He's a talented player with PPR upside, which gives him a safer floor. And that's all we really have for this game. And in our next matchup, the Arizona Cardinals fall to the Kansas City Chiefs. No surprise there, 14-26. to And for you David Johnson owners, the type of games that you've been waiting for, you finally got. He had a two-touchdown game with 21 carries, 98 yards rushing, and nine targets and seven receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown in the passing game. Nine targets is what we've been expecting to see out of this team. They're obviously down a lot. They're behind in games, and they have to throw to catch up. But it is a good idea to mention that the Kansas City Chiefs' defense has not been great, especially the running backs, and Arizona was only able to get those two touchdowns. Arizona continues to struggle, and therefore, I believe their players continue to struggle as well. If you haven't passed your trade deadline and you can get rid of David Johnson off of that performance, I might recommend it if you can get real value. I mean, don't take a significantly less talented player, but make sure if you can get good value for him, you do that. See, I would still hold on to David Johnson just because with Byron Leftwich taking over as the offensive coordinator, it has been a different look offense. And I know what you're saying. It's still not a high-powered offense. Josh Rosen, he looks lost at times. His His pocket presence just really isn't there yet. But to see David Johnson lining up more often as a wide receiver, to see him getting nine targets, that's definitely what we look for in a higher-end running back, especially in PPR League. So I would hold on to him for now. The last thing we would like to mention just real quick before we move on is Larry Fitzgerald. Congratulations to him moving to second all-time, only behind Jerry Rice in receiving yards with 15,939 yards. He is obviously a consummate pro former Peyton Man of the Year Award winner, and just an all-around stud on and off the field. Yes, definitely congratulations to Larry Fitzgerald. Now on the Chiefs' side of the ball, the only Chiefs player to really have a big day here was Tyreek Hill, and the Chiefs' offense just didn't really have to do much here. Patrick Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey were all slightly disappointing for fantasy purposes, but it's also just relative to how well they've been playing this season. But Tyreek Hill, seven receptions, 117 yards, two touchdowns. He also added one rush for another 20 yards. So this offense, you don't need us to tell you you're going to keep on starting your studs going forward. Hopefully Sammy Watkins is healthy and ready to go for the LA Rams this coming week. And now we'll get right into our next game of the week, the Atlanta Falcons falling to the Cleveland Browns 16-28. to This was definitely a surprising game here. Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they continued to play lights out. But I was definitely surprised by the run game. I expected a much better performance from Tevin Coleman, but he now has under 55 rushing yards in six of his last seven games. 
And normally that's something that I would call out and kind of harp on as a reason not to trust Tevin Coleman going forward. But what I will say is that's something that I am willing to accept when you're a running back on a team with a high-powered offense like the Atlanta Falcons. I think there will be plenty of scoring opportunities for Tevin Coleman going forward, where just because those yardage totals aren't there, he will continue to be solid as as a mid-tier running back two going forward. And Ido Smith, he's just a touchdown-dependent flex play going forward. Then in the passing game, Calvin Ridley, he's now had 54 yards or less in his last six games, and he just falls into that wide receiver three group for me where they're all pretty good players, but they have an extremely volatile floor. But one thing that I do like about Ridley going forward is that he can really benefit in a game where Julio Jones draws a tougher cornerback matchup. Again, he's just on a high-powered offense. He'll be able to take advantage of those situations. And the only other option in the passing game that I want to talk about is Austin Hooper. He tied Julio Jones for a team-high 11 targets. He caught 10 of those targets for 56 yards and a touchdown. I said it on Saturday's episode. If you're looking for a tight end streamer, you can do a lot worse than a tight end on a high-powered offense. On the Cleveland side of the ball, really the best game for Baker Mayfield in his career so far from a efficiency standpoint. And it might mainly be because he wasn't asked to do very much. The backfield really dominated the day. But still, 17 completions for just 216 yards, but three touchdowns, no interceptions. And he ran six carries for 20 yards. He also hit nine different wide receivers on the day. So just spread the ball around, played nice, good football, and really just let Nick Chubb do the work. And Nick Chubb with Greg Williams as the interim head coach, has had 20 or more carries in the two weeks that he's been head coach. So expect Nick Chubb's upside to continue to rise. If he continues to get this amount of carries and he's involved in the passing game, he added he had three receptions for 33 yards and a touchdown to go along with his 20 carries for 176 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And in our next matchup, the Jacksonville Jaguars fought back against the Indianapolis Colts but still fell short 26-29. And it was a decent day for Blake Bortles. 320 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, and hit eight different receivers on the day. Dante Moncrief was the standout this week, catching three receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, most of that coming from an 80-yard touchdown reception. But he has been good. He's been flex-worthy as of late, so he should be on your radar. And Leonard Fournette in his return, 24 carries, 53 yards and a touchdown. Five receptions on five targets for 56 yards and another touchdown. So right back to RB1 status, and uh, you would expect nothing less from Leonard Fournette going forward. He's the only guy I would really want in this offense. And right over the Colts side of the ball, first of all, shout out to the offensive line, keeping Andrew Luck on his feet for the fourth consecutive game. Andrew Luck, this allowed him to throw for 285 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. He now has 21 touchdowns over the last six games. We've been saying it, he's locked in as a QB1 going forward. In the run game, Marlon Mack, he came back down to earth, 12 carries, 29 yards, and two receptions for nine yards. He's still in the running back two mix going forward. As I said on Saturday's episode, the Jaguars defense has still been tough against the run, but Marlon Mack is still on a high-powered offense that will provide him with some scoring opportunities. And then T.Y. Hillen, he was matched up with Jalen Ramsey. He still managed to catch three of seven targets for 77 yards. I wasn't expecting too much from him there. And then the tight ends have been the big story for the Indianapolis Colts. Jack Doyle, he disappointed catching all three of his targets, but for just 36 yards. Meanwhile, Eric Ebron, he also caught all three of his targets, but for 69 yards and two touchdowns. He also added a rushing touchdown. Now, now I think that this game was pretty fluky for Eric Ebron. We know that he does have scoring potential, 
But if you could sell high on him, now would definitely be the time to. And if you could buy low on Jack Doyle, he has been dominating the snaps over Ebron since his return. So if you could get him for cheap, now would be the time to target Jack Doyle as well. And right into our next game of the week, the Detroit Lions falling to the Chicago Bears 22-34. to On the Lions side of the ball, Matthew Stafford, he was sacked six times in this matchup after being sacked ten times last week against the Vikings. He's definitely having a difficult time without his safety blanket, Golden Tate. And over the next three weeks, he plays Carolina, which isn't a horrible matchup. But then it's right back to Chicago and then the L.A. Rams. And in the fantasy playoffs, he plays at Arizona, who are the second-best defense against fantasy quarterbacks, at Buffalo, who's the third best defense against fantasy quarterbacks, and then home against Minnesota again in week 16. I don't know at which point in this season that you'll be able to trust Matthew Stafford again. He's probably droppable at this point. It pains me to say it. I know I was pounding the table for him in the offseason but I would not have confidence in him going forward. In the run game, on Johnson, I did get a little worried last week after we saw him with the same snap count as Theo Riddick, but Johnson dominated the touches here, 51 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And then he caught all six of his targets for another 38 yards and a touchdown through the air. He should be locked in as a high-end running back two going forward. And then in the passing game, Kenny Galladay, he led the team with 13 targets, which is definitely nice to see after just five targets over the last two weeks. I think that I think that he remains a wide receiver too with a fairly volatile floor going forward as there's no doubt about his talent, but definitely some doubts surrounding this offense. But there will be plenty of garbage time production for Galladay going forward. And Marvin Jones, he left the game early with what is apparently a bone bruise. So he's currently day to day. If he does miss any time, the passing game will run through Galladay. So make sure that you're monitoring that situation going forward. And for the Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky had an awesome day, 23 completions on 30 attempts, 355 yards, three touchdowns, and a 148.6 quarterback rating. He got it done predominantly with two wide receivers, Allen Robinson, six receptions, 133 yards, two touchdowns on eight targets. This is the type of game you've been waiting for by from Allen Robinson. So it's nice to see Allen Robinson return from an injury and lead the team in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Also nice to see the rookie, Anthony Miller, step in to a six-target, five-reception game with 122 yards and a touchdown. A lot of upside going forward if this offense continues to play at this pace. Unfortunately, though, the run game has not been good for them, and the struggles continue. Jordan Howard only averaged 1.9 yards per carry on 11 carries, and Tariq Cohen wasn't good either with 2.1 yards per carry on seven carries. Tariq Cohen is the guy that you want in the backfield here because he has a safe floor in the passing game. He had seven targets for six receptions, only for 29 yards this week. He also found the end zone on the ground. And just to speak to Dan's argument real quick, since week four, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen have both played right around 140 snaps. In this time, Tariq Cohen is the running back 11, and Jordan Howard is currently the running back 39. So I just think Jordan Howard is the definition of a touchdown-dependent running back two at this point, whereas Tariq Cohen is a borderline must-start every single week. In our next matchup of the week, the New England Patriots shockingly lose to the Tennessee Titans 34-10. There is the question of Tom Brady being a little overrated in fantasy football. He's been struggling on the road. He was averaging 242 yards and a touchdown and a half per game before this game. And surprisingly, there's been 75 22-plus point point performances from the quarterback position this season. And Tom Brady has just one of them. So he's definitely been underwhelming to say the least. There's definitely some question around him being a top 10 fantasy quarterback going forward. But it is a talented offense, and he is a talented player. I would still have him up there, in my opinion. 
Josh Gordon, solid with four receptions for 81 yards. Julian Edelman, nine receptions for 104 yards. Tom Brady didn't throw any touchdown passes, so the wide receiver production was capped in this game. Sony Michelle was game scripted out, and I will expect him to go forward to get, not only regain his starting role and high workload, but also that production as well going forward. And for Marcus Mariota and the Titans offense, while I do still have my hesitations moving forward, they have looked better since their week eight bye. In the run game, Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis, I definitely think that Henry is a sell high if you're still holding on to him. I know he scored two touchdowns in this week, but that was on just 11 carries compared to 20 for Deion Lewis. I just don't want to be relying on a touchdown dependent running back come playoff time. And Deion Lewis is clearly getting the majority of work in this backfield. In the passing game, Corey Davis, he had a huge game here despite a tough matchup against Stephon Gilmore. He put up seven receptions for 125 yards and one touchdown. We always knew the talent has been there, and that offense is looking better since their bye, like I mentioned, but of course still hesitations moving forward. And the only other option that I want to touch here is Johnny Smith, the tight end. We mentioned him about eight weeks ago, a little bit too early, but he now has over 30 yards and a touchdown in each of the last two weeks. He could be a decent streamer this week with Rob Gronkowski, David Njoku, and George Kittle on by at the tight end position. In the next matchup between the Washington Redskins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Washington Redskins fall to the Bucks 16-3 in an ugly game on both sides of the ball. And the injury... The injury-ridden offensive line of the Washington Redskins is going to start to hurt them. You've seen the difference with Adrian Peterson. He definitely struggled 19 carries for 68 yards against a team that really hasn't been great against the run already. The receiving options on this team are limited to two players, in my opinion. To Jordan Reed, he is a very talented player, so in the tight end position, you could do much worse. If he's healthy, I would start him. And Harris is emerging as the number one wide receiver for them. He's a big body guy, talented wide receiver. I like what he brings to the table. Now, you're not excited about this offense, but leading the team in receiving the past two weeks and having five receptions for 52 yards in this game against the Bucks, I think he is a player who is trending in the right direction and could have a lot of upside going forward. And then on the Buccaneers side of the ball, not much to say here as they only scored three points in this game, but Ryan Fitzmagic looked like Fitzpatrick again. I know he threw for 406 yards, but he threw no touchdowns and two interceptions. It's hard to not worry about an in-game benching going forward. I would definitely be concerned about sliding him into my lineups. In the run game, Jaquiz Rogers, he had just one carry, but he did catch all eight of his targets for 102 yards. Still not something that I'm buying into going forward. And in the Buccaneers passing game, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, and Mike Evans. Godwin, he caught seven of seven targets for 103 yards. But I would temper expectations here as he only ran 19 pass routes in this game. That was fourth on the team behind Humphreys, behind Jackson, behind Evans. So not something I'm too excited about going forward, but we do know the upside is there. Deshaun Jackson, he caught five receptions for 67 yards. And Mike Evans, just three of six for 51 yards and zero touchdowns. Just a down day for this offense. This entire offense is struggling. It's hard to trust these options going forward. And in the next matchup, New Orleans dominated Cincinnati 51-14. to And this was just a perfect day for the Saints. Not much to talk about here. When you have such a good day, everybody was involved. Everybody had a great day. Traquan Smith, the wide receiver who looked like he was trending in the right direction, can more than likely be dropped. He saw plenty of field time, but no targets. They signed Brandon Marshall, which, you know, we're not saying that he's worth it in fantasy. Don't even look at him. We're not excited about it. But for a guy who couldn't even garner a target last week like Traquan Smith, then bringing in another wide receiver doesn't bode well for you going forward. 
And then on the Bengals' side of the ball, this entire offense looked brutal without A.J. Green. Their time of possession was just 20 minutes compared to 40 minutes for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm definitely concerned about Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd going forward when A.J. Green is out of the lineup. However, I do think that Green's absence could benefit wide receiver John Ross as he led the team in targets with six, which definitely is an immense opportunity. But with a player with his type of speed and big playability, six targets, especially if we see that number continue to go up, he could be a big play flex option for your rosters going forward. But now we'll hop right into our next game, the L.A. Chargers beating the Oakland Raiders 20-6. A bit of a down day for the Chargers offense, but they really didn't have to do much against the Raiders. Phillip Rivers, he now has multiple touchdown passes in all nine of his games this season. He's been playing great, and it's resulting in the passing game. Keenan Allen, his second half surge continues. He's had his two best performances since week one over the last two weeks. I'm expecting him to continue to be a top option at the position going forward. And then in the run game, Melvin Gordon, he continues to do what he does. And Austin Eckler, I think we've been seeing a trend in this direction, and we saw it in this matchup. He's nothing more than a handcuff for Melvin Gordon going forward. And on the other side of the ball, almost nothing to talk about the Oakland Raiders, a team that you're really avoiding. They're struggling heavy. But I will say, I was impressed with Doug Martin, the way he played. 15 carries, 61 yards, and caught all three of his targets for 31 yards on top of the 60. And right into our next game of the week, the Miami Dolphins falling to the Green Bay Packers 12-31. to On the Dolphins side of the ball, Danny Amendola, he's been solid as of late. He caught 7 of 10 targets in this matchup for 72 yards. He now has 31 receptions on 41 targets over the last 5 weeks. He's a decent flex option going forward, or if you're in deeper leagues or three wide receiver leagues, you can definitely be sliding Amendola into your lineups with some confidence. And then in the run game, Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. Gore got five more carries than Kenyon Drake and rushed for 90 yards compared to just 27 for Drake. And he had one more target in the passing game. This is the same thing that we've been seeing all season. We know that Drake is the much more explosive player, but Frank Gore continues to get the opportunity. Neither one of these guys are worth a start going forward outside of much deeper leagues than your standard everyday fantasy league. And on the other side of the ball, a little bit of a role reversal for the Green Bay Packers. The run game dominates today. Aaron Jones, 15 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Mike's excited about that. Also had five targets, three receptions, and 27 yards. So, obviously, 20 opportunities there, 18 real touches, and just highly involved and highly productive, 9.7 yards per carry. Going forward, Aaron Jones, he continues this up. RB1 um, territory, you know. Now, the only thing that remains to be seen is, is he going to get that usage week in, week out on an Aaron Rodgers-led offense? We'll see, you know? I mean, don't get don't get me wrong. I'm penciling him in for more of an RB2 right now, um, but definitely has RB1 upside and potential going forward. But like I said, Aaron Rodgers, the passing game a little bit... A little bit underwhelming, 199 total yards and two touchdowns, both going to Devontae Adams, who led the team in targets with seven, caught four of them, 57 yards. But the guy I want to talk about matched Devontae Adams in targets, seven targets, six receptions, 44 yards, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Gantling has been playing very well as of late, and in my opinion, he's developed to be their number two wide receiver behind Devonta Adams. He's got high upside in a high-powered passing offense with the number one quarterback in the NFL. So this is a guy that not only has to be rostered, but you need to start thinking about getting him into your lineup going forward. 
And now right into our next game of the week, the Seattle Seahawks falling to the Los Angeles Rams 31-36. to On the Seahawks' side of the ball, Russell Wilson just 176 yards passing, but still three touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's been playing very well. What really stood out to me for Russell Wilson is 92 rushing yards. It's great to see him running the ball effectively over the last two weeks. That's definitely going to raise his floor despite the low volume that we've been seeing in the passing game. For the Seahawks' run game, Rashad Penny and Mike Davis. Penny, he blew up for 108 yards and a touchdown on 12 carries. Davis was also solid with 58 yards on the ground and four receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown through the air. And I do want to say for Mike Davis, he's had just 34 carries since week four, but he's taken those 34 carries for 211 yards, 6.2 yards per carry. So the production, although it's a small sample size, has been there for Davis throughout the season. We know that this backfield clearly has some fantasy value. It's just hard to tell who it's going to be on any given week, especially with Chris Carson likely returning to the lineup this week. But I do think that all of these guys are worth being rostered. And I do think that this performance from Rashad Penny is pretty interesting. They did spend a first round pick on this guy. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him get a little bit more involved as the season progresses. Then in the passing game, Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin. Lockett caught five of six targets for 67 yards and a touchdown. He also had one carry for 18 yards. And Baldwin, he continues to disappoint despite catching all five of his targets, but for just 39 yards. At this point in the season, he's only had more than 41 yards in two of his six games played. Baldwin, he's a low-end wide receiver three at best, not someone that you need to start going forward. And on the other side of the ball for the Los Angeles Rams, they pick up right where they left off before they took on the Saints. And not much to talk about here. Todd Gurley continues to dominate. The passing game continues to dominate. But Cooper Cup did sustain a torn ACL. This is heartbreaking. This is a player that we are both big fans of. And it's unfortunate to see. But in my opinion, going forward, this benefits Robert Woods. Brandon Cooks kind of has a different role. He is the deep, stretch-the-field guy. He gets... Plenty of targets, 12 targets this week, 10 receptions, and he's going to continue to garner that week in, week out. Always unfortunate to see, though, a player that we're a fan of go down for the season, especially when he was having a good season, a good good season last year, and a good season this year. We'll look forward to his return next season. And right into our next game of the week, the Dallas Cowboys beating the Philadelphia Eagles 27-20. to On the Cowboys' side of the ball, I do think that Dak Prescott is worth mentioning here. He now has 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last four games, and some of his next remaining games are against the Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, Indianapolis Colts, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and New York Giants. Definitely some prime matchups there, so Dak Prescott could be a streaming quarterback to help you make your way through the fantasy playoffs. And of course, the addition of Amari Cooper, he continues to be targeted heavily. They gave away a first-round pick for him, so no surprises there. He had 10 targets. He caught six of those for 75 yards in this matchup. I do think that with those better matchups coming, better days are ahead for Amari Cooper. And for any hope that we had for Alan Hearns or Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup being benefited from this signing, I think those can be put to rest for the remainder of the season at least. Cooper is the pass-catching option that you want going forward, and that's about it outside of Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys offense. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, a little bit of a shocker being that they struggled at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Carson Wentz, who had a whopping two fantasy points at half, ends up with a 30-point day, um, 360 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, that one interception bringing him down in the first half, but he turned on in the second half and 
Zach Ertz, 14 receptions on 16 targets, 145 yards, two touchdowns. That's what we expect. Jeffrey wasn't able to get going in a tough matchup against Byron Jones, a cornerback who is excelling this year. And the guy worth mentioning is Golden Tate. He arrived, but not a very impressive, not a very impressive first start. And due to his lack of time with the team, he was forced to come off the field in two-minute situations because he was not able he was not able to register calls and audibles made at the line of scrimmage. Until he gets more more comfortable with the offense itself, he he's gonna continue to struggle. The run game was no good for the Philadelphia Eagles. I talked about Adams, Josh Adams a few weeks ago and I want to reiterate he has been the best back as of late. Seven carries, forty seven yards, six point seven yards per carry average. And his running style, he undoubtedly will dominate the red zone carries and goal line work because his size and his running style allows him to excel in between the tackles. I think he's worth an add and worth a stash right now because going forward on a high-powered offense that the Eagles have, if he can get going, this could be a quality running back going forward. And in the final matchup of the weekend, the New York Giants squeak out a victory against the San Francisco 49ers in San Fran, 27-23. And and how nice it is being from the New Jersey, New York area to see the Giants get a win. Although it is apparent that Eli Manning cannot push the ball down the field the way he used to. He missed Odell Beckham Jr. on a wide open touchdown. He had to, He tried his best but severely underthrew him forcing Odell Beckham Jr. to hold up and allowing the cornerback to catch up and make a play on the ball. So definitely gonna move definitely gonna move on from him after this season. But this game solidified that he will remain the starter for the remainder of the season, which is a big deal for Saquon Barkley and Eli because changing quarterbacks midseason would not benefit these players by any means. And it's almost playoff time. So we do not want the New York Giants organization messing with the l- very risky value that Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. have already been offering us. <laughs> and then on the 49ers side of the ball, not much to talk about here. We said not to trust Nick Mullins after his solid day last week. He put up 250 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That's under 10 fantasy points. Of course, you're not going to trust him as a viable fantasy option going forward. But in the run game, Matt Breda, he continues to be a solid start. This is just a very fantasy-friendly scheme that he has the benefit of being a part of. I would have loved to see McKinnon in this role. But he had 101 yards and one touchdown. He added another touchdown through the air on three receptions. So you're going to continue to start Breda going forward. And then in the passing game, George Kittle, of course, week in, week out. He is matchup proof. He's touchdown proof. 10 targets, 9 receptions, 83 yards. No touchdown in this matchup. But still as solid as you're going to get at the tight end position. And that is all we have for you this week, guys. We appreciate you listening, tuning in, as always, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FootballMDPod. Hit our website at FootballMDPodcast.com. Now, unfortunately, guys, we know that the season is coming to a close faster than we would like. But I just want to let you guys know, stay tuned for after the season. We will be covering free agency. We'll be covering the draft. We will still be bringing you quality, relevant football information all year round for all of you football junkies so stick with us 
We'll give you that fantasy and regular football fix you're looking for. We appreciate the support, guys, and continue to tune in. Thank you for tuning in, guys, and until next time.